Welcome to the Foundation Podcast. My name is Simone Scott and I'm going to be sharing some South African stories of hope with you. My goal is to give you more information about the great things that people out there are doing to improve our country. Today I want to shine the spotlight on another incredible organization that I came across in the Inanda Township. They're called Sisimisele Development Trust and they're run by their founder Maggie Dladla. I was really blown away when I met this woman because I actually found her challengingly inspirational if I'm honest. Meeting Maggie and hearing about all she's accomplished and how she's practically helped her community for more years than I've been alive. She started in 1982 and I was only born in 1983. Well, let's just say it seriously left me questioning what I've been doing with my life. But she's so warm and inviting and proud of everything they've accomplished at Sisimisele that I couldn't dwell on my own perceived inadequacies for too long. Instead, I listened to Maggie's journey. She took me to her office where she showed me her organogram that explained how everything started and grew. Maggie kind of reminded me of a historian as she spoke, keeping track of the years when different major events took place and how Sisimisele grew into what it is today. My name is Maggie Lada. Yes, I reside here in Inanda. Uh, my home is at Stop 8, where everything started outside my house. Mm, uh, that was 1982. Uh, I was from uh, Johannesburg to swap Montessori teaching method. And before that, I was at uh, ML Sultan doing a childcare study. It was childcare, recreation and leisure pursuits and social care, three subjects, but it was part-time. Mm, for three years. And when I came back, <coughs> well, hey, I, 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 I just don't want to remember the old days. Because you see, I came back in 90, in December 81. And um, a person who was my mentor, Maggie Vita, uh, said to me, you are not making you are not going to rest you have to start because if you don't start if you don't start you'll forget what you have been learning hey that was something else to me how now she lives in town and i'm here all alone in inanda how am i going to start she says start here at home just put the posters along the road that you are starting a, a, a you are going to take care of the children while parents are at work that's all that is how it started and she said to me the method that you have been using says you'll be you'll start with six children but guess what 20 came that was January 20. When she came out, she said, How? How are you going to handle this? So I said, I don't know, but it's 20. And I cannot chase them away. So she said, We saw a need of it. Yeah. And from 1982, 82, 83, 84, 85, those were the toughest. Yes. 
of implementing a project. I had to name the project, give it the name, I have to form a committee. I had to have a bank account. Hey, it wasn't easy, but she was always with me to advise me. Yes, now we have got a committee. So what about the piece of land? Because you, you, are, you are not going to stay here by your house. This is a community thing. So we've got to think about the piece of land. And then, well, the committee was formed by the reverence of a African Congregational Church. And when things started there, this site was donated by the opposite church, African Congregational Church. And from there, so uh, children used to donate. I don't know how to call it. Was it a donation or what? But they used to pay, pay five rands a month. And that five rand, I never used it. I, that is why I had a bank account because of these five friends. I remember she, Maki Victor invited Oppenheimer, Strini to come down because she wrote a proposal to her that while I was in Johannesburg, she wrote a, pop, a proposal that uh, while I'm doing this Montessori uh, teaching method, but back home, there's nothing. So Oppenheimer came in 1985, that was February. And then to say the site, the committee and everything. And that is where things started to be much better because the site was there, the committee was there, bank account was there. And then, well, she went back home. I had a, a letter saying that we are going to fund you. Um, you, are, you are not going to pay back uh, this, uh, these funds out of Benjamin, uh, this thing, uh, fund a project. So it was just a once-off giveaway. So from such small beginnings, Maggie managed to attract support from the legendary Oppenheimer family. Wow. She also secured help from many others within KZN. I think this may be because it's clear to anyone who meets her that this is a brave woman who decided to use her skills for the betterment of her community. I mean, even the fact that she decided to use her high quality education to better the situation at home instead of trying to make money and secure a future for herself, that kind of speaks for itself. And from 85, uh, there was Mr. Humphrey, he was in Deppen North and Mr. Humphrey was an architect. So he came out, he was a surveyor, I'm sorry. He had to come out and survey this piece of land. And an architect, Mr. Rodney Harbour, uh, he was at the University of Natal. So they came out and uh, Mr. Riedon, the lawyer. Mr. Riedon was based at uh, Umlanga. So these three men came out, met the committee, so everything was done. So they've said I must name uh, the project. So the first project here was 
e to pre-primary school. What really stands out to me about her is that Maggie remembers all of her helpers' names. I mean, just a few years down the line from when she started, we're now in 1988, Maggie was looking after 35 children. Thankfully, she also got some help from within the actual community itself. Um, the committee uh, helping and um, two assistants were helping me and the cook. Yeah, so yeah, things were much better, but they were getting nothing. Just enjoying to be with children and seeing a project like this, uh, seeing visitors every day. So to them, it was fun. Sisi Misele quickly became a place that many people seemed to turn to for help. And as she was speaking, it became quite clear to me that the community itself seemed to dictate what they needed from this center. So now we take from zero to two years and two and three years to five years. So things now are going well. And uh, in year 2000, we started an organization because there was a cry within the community that uh, elderly people, they do nothing. They're sitting at home, they bored, they don't know what to do. So we, start, we had a, an elderly, an elderly uh, project people. And from there, we had uh, people who were doing a different uh, small projects, sewing, baking, um, and singing. Baking, because these old people used to work in town, used to work in, in, in Depenot, whatever they do. Uh, you know, they were maids cooking, baking, and all that. So, hey, we had a wonderful elderly uh, this thing project here. So this project started to expand it was a sewing, I'll show you, gardening, look at the vegetables, eh? And that is why we had to name the whole place is Sizimisele Development Trust because everybody was prepared to work. This name means Sizimisele means we are prepared to work. The elderly people used to come in and help and grow fruit trees for the little ones. When we go outside, you'll see uh, popos, bananas, whatever, mangoes and uh, avocados. That was grown by uh, the community, the elderly people. And then they said, hey, do something. You know, there are children, the small, small, small ones, when you take children from three years to six, what about the very, very small ones? Because let's say my daughter has two. So you must try and take the very, very small ones. So we had to meet with the committee and discuss. They provide so many essential services to the people of Ananda. And the reason that I was initially interested in Sisi Misele is because of their health care arm, the community caregivers. Maggie tells me about these community guardians and that they do so much more than just provide healthcare services to those around them. And we have community gardens, whereby if someone doesn't have, uh, she's sick at home, because a home-based care, 
what are they doing? We have 15 volunteers. We call them now caregivers or CCGs. Mm. They go door to door uh, to the community just to check who is in this house. Does she eat? Does she have an ID? Does she get a pension? Or does she have grandchildren? These grandchildren, do they get a grant? If we need a, a person or that department, like the Department of uh, Home Affairs for IDs, then we'll take them as a group and then we'll just uh, take them to uh, Home Affairs so they can get IDs. And if that thing says we need social development and then we go for to apply with them. They tackle the different issues within their community in proactive ways. Not only do they provide practical help and services, but it's pretty clear that they also equip people to better their own lives. Maggie explains that this is the difference between social and economic projects. To me, it's clear that both types of projects are really important here. Social projects are different from economic projects. So social projects to us, it's childcare, home-based care, and senior citizens. These are social projects. These, wherever we go, these are with us every day. And economic projects we have here, a grass work where the, the cocos used to make, that's it, yeah. And bedlar um, guards and sewing, um, beads, whatever. But here we do train you how to make and if you want to open your own small business, then you can go out and do your own business once you know how to. She explained to me um, how they started and the services that they offer now. So then Maggie says she's going to take me on a tour of Sizimisele and show me what they actually do now, starting with the crafts that they sell. Hey, there's a lot. I'll come and show you a lot of beads here. You see these things mm. are full of... Where do they sell them? Well, I, I used to take this around the world to India, uh, Brazil, uh, a lot of countries I went to to sell Johannesburg, uh, Zimbabwe. We used to go and showcase of what we do here in South Africa. Moving on from there, we take a closer look at the rest of the facilities, starting with the children's area. This is for the small ones, eh? They come every day, they come in the week. Yes, the week. Monday to Friday. We open at 6 and close at 6. So how many little ones do you have here? We have 78 here. 78? 78. Wow. <laughs> the tour takes me to the kitchen where food is prepared for the children, a library that was built by Maggie's daughter, and a container that has been converted into a sewing area. Here, members of the community can come to order their traditional outfits that are designed and made by local seamstresses. The Sisimisele showroom kind of blows me away. They display some of the beadwork, including traditional outfits with beadwork here. This is the, sh the, the beadwork shop. Wow. Uh, but this is the showroom. It's beautiful. Mm. And how of much what do they, they do. How much do 
student charge for these things? They put prices themselves. Oh, so, you uh, so you can look, but I'm not involved so in pricing. Oh, okay. mm. Next up, she shows me where community caregivers or CCGs work. They're, like I said earlier, they're the reason I was initially interested in Sizimisele, but little did I know how much else I would find here. Uh, here, this, is, this office is for home-based care. So this is for your community caregivers? Yes. Since we don't have transport for them, but we have wheelchairs, this is transport. We, they take them to the nearest clinic here at Wuhlange. Yeah. So they just push the wheelchair? Exactly. You see, this is how they report. We have got to CCG the name and the name of a patient and what is it all about. So on a Friday, they come and gather themselves and, and give us the report, each and every one of them. Maggie's really proud of their garden. It's because on, on top of everything else they do at Sizi Misele, Maggie's team also grow their own fruit and veggies. Um, she kindly offers me one of the bananas from the garden while we take a look at the grounds, and I obviously eat it right then and there. Look at the fruits, eh? You see, bukut, mangoes, eh, eh, avocados, guavas, uh, popos. We had a lot of popos uh, last month. Book. All these were grown by cocos. All these trees, just look at these trees now, they are so big. When I asked Maggie how she got here to this point, I mean from starting a school that was meant to be for a small group of children to this, a place where people can come to buy traditional crafts, beadwork and outfits, a place that still looks after children, yes, but also provides care to the infirm members of the community as well. She explains to me again that these weren't all her ideas. Each and every project, once I said to the community, because I do have meetings here, hey, good people, on such and such date, we're going to have a community meeting. So we're looking for people who will be interested in doing this. Then they'll raise up hands and then I'll say, okay, pop in tomorrow, so let's come in and talk. Each and every project has its own committee. So Maggie makes it very clear to me that she isn't in this alone, but also that they could definitely always use more help. It, it does automatically happen, because when I talk to a person, uh, that person will say, oh, what are you doing? Eh? Oh, 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 I'll just come in. Let me help you with this and this. But what I, I want to the people. I want people to come out here to see what we are trying to do here. Much as she gives everyone who lends a helping hand credit, I feel that this place has so much to do with Maggie Gladla and the person that she is. You see, each and every evening when I watch TV, sitting and watching TV, I always think of something else that I can still do. Before I leave, I find myself wondering how old Maggie is. Susie Misele has been around for so long, she probably isn't as young as she looks. How old are you, Maggie? Uh, now I'm 75. You? <laughs> and you're not retiring anytime, huh? Hey, I just can't. I enjoy what I'm doing. You see? <laughs> I'd be frustrated if I go home and sit down. <laughs> that really put me in my place. Like, I'm not even half Maggie's age, so I have no excuses. I can get out there and I can make a meaningful contribution. 
I mean, what she's accomplished in her lifetime and the fact that she still loves what she does, it's seriously challenging. I also love that she definitely still has a passion for the youth, for the, the ones that actually inspired the start of this organization. I enjoy my community, community. I enjoy everything. When I wake up in the morning and see the little ones, I enjoy them very, very much. Leaving Sisimisele that day, um, I honestly felt a little bit overwhelmed. As Maggie was saying goodbye to me, she told me that I'd made her day by coming to visit and that she loved telling me more about what they do. Even this shows her character because it was a Saturday. It, it was the only day that I was able to go and visit her center, but because Maggie is Shembe, this meant that she had to leave church earlier than she would have normally done just to come and meet me for this interview. Maggie worked so hard and she spent so much time here at this place that the community built together. But coming to see me on a Saturday wasn't even a burden to her. In fact, she actually enjoyed it. I can't help but wonder what people would be able to achieve if we all took this approach. If we were passionate about what we do in our own sphere of influence, what would our neighborhoods or our country even look like then? To get in touch with Maggie Gladler, you're gonna have to go pretty old school and either just drive through to Sisimisele on any well weekday and go and see her there. Or else you can try and get her on the phone by phoning 072-722-1062. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find us on Facebook at Foundation Podcast or visit our blog for more details about this episode, including the organization's contact details. Thank you. Foundation was created by me, Simone Scott, with original music created by Wayne Charles Simpson.